Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, it's been a relatively quiet overnight session. But that, that does not mean we have nothing to talk about because as, as we learned yesterday, at the very least, we can fill the show about Beanie Babies and Cabbage Patch Kids. But nonetheless, we do have stocks on our radar. We, we do want to talk about some SPACs. We want to talk about just the overall market and the feel of the market right now because it feels like it's it's at a, it's at a weird point. So we, we want to talk about all that. Uh, our guest today is Scott Shalady, a.k.a. the Cow Guy. You've seen him on TV with his signature cow jacket. He will join the show at 8.35 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, quick programming note. Uh, first off, hello to all you people listening on Spotify. Joel says we have a uh, large contingent of you, so hello, everyone. Uh, programming note, today is the day we are interviewing, and by we, I mean Jason Rasek, interviewing Kathy Wood on Benzinga's YouTube channel, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The link is already there. The stream is scheduled in YouTube, and uh, I'll put the link in the chat so you can uh, ask her a question, submit your question, and we'll randomly select a few to to uh, get asked, and that'll be that. Two o'clock there. Let's throw it to Joel now. Joel, how are we doing in the overnight trading session? Uh, we're up. We're off the highs. I uh, caught a bid right near the close of uh, 67.50. We got up to 38.98. That's just a few ticks from Monday's close. So I'm just going to call this kind of like, uh, you know, Seesaw Wednesday here. I don't think big move up, big move down. Looking at crude, that's up 84 cents after dipping under 60 at 60.85. 
Gold just bearing down on seventeen hundred. We're down fourteen dollars and seventy cents to seventeen eighteen ninety. Silver that's going the same way by forty cents to twenty six forty eight. A uh, good day for the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. That's up over five thousand dollars at fifty two thousand eight hundred. That's up ten percent. Uh, still off that all time high and bases the futures at least. That's uh closer to fifty seven five. Bring in Triple D. Triple D, are you uh, are you falling asleep at your desk here? Because this is a pretty slow morning. Uh, it's kind of stabilized here, but there's actually been some good action. There was good action last night. A lot of tech stocks getting hammered. A lot of those bounced back. So, again, buying the dip and selling the rip is, is what has been working here. Continues to work. Yesterday, a little bit of a dip overall. A little bit of down after hours on a few stocks. Some tech stocks getting hit, and today they bounce right back. So... Just keep playing the chop. We're not in this market where you're chasing stocks and making money. You're in this market where you're fading moves, you're making money. And we're not talking about Rocket. We're talking about, you know, the bigger names um, and, and a lot of the tech growth names as well. Um, it's been the play. The fade trade has been working. The reopening trade has been working. The stay-at-home trade has not been working. So we'll talk about all those stocks here today. Should we get out of the way? Do we got to talk Rocket? I mean, it was a big move yesterday, obviously, RKT. A lot of people in our chat own it, so congratulations to everybody who owns it in the chat. If I still owned it, I'd have sold it a long time ago. I would not be getting 39.67. I would have been out, and I did get out. I got out in the first short squeeze in the 24.25. Did not rebuy, obviously, so not participate in this move. But, wow, big move. Congrats. Uh, you're, you're getting the move from Reddit. Uh, the closing price, uh, that's the only price I can give here. And uh, let's see what your closing price from yesterday, 41.60. So obviously if you can get up over there, the party can continue. Nobody knows where this thing can go. Does the party end today? Does the party end tomorrow? Does the party, has the party already ended? Did we already top out? It's it's difficult to say. RBC downgraded it last night, basically saying all the good news is priced in after this big move. Um, the valuation was attractive down at 20 to 25. It just doubled in two days. So windfall, I, I booked the profits. I sell my peanuts while the circus is in town. That's how I roll. I usually sell too early. In this case, I did as well. Uh, but man, you know, when the when the circus leaves town, these things get uh, ugly in a hurry. So just remember that. Uh, but anything can happen in the stock. All right, SP's leaking a little bit. We're we're fifteen points off the high. Can we just talk, uh, Mister Market here for a second, Dennis? Yeah, because for sure. we were definitely looking in the abyss on Friday, right? All those big selling balances, yep. and then you got the good news. Uh, you know, the package supposedly that um, you know is going to be coming through. Been yes. getting some pretty good news on the COVID front. I see Texas is going into a full reopening starting next week. Yeah. Uh, great day on Monday. Monday, they kind of pulled the rug out for me a little bit. I thought it would be more of a fade. You got a little bit of a fade yesterday. Uh, so where, where are we at? I mean, jobs number on Friday. Uh, boy, I mean, I just like to think that, oh, that 3,700, that 3,780 that we uh, hit on Friday, that's the bottom. But then... On the other hand, it just it just seems like we can't bust above 3,900. What are your overall markets? It's rotation. Thoughts? We're in rotation. Okay. And you can clearly see the trade, the reopening trade that we've talked about. You know, there's been for the last six months, we've talked reopening trade, stay at home trade, reopening trade, stay at home trade. 
This is a full reopening trade that's been going on. The strong stocks, like look at Norwegian Cruise Lines, NCLH, showing strength here again, continues to move up. The airlines have continued to show strength. What has not shown strength? Zoom, off the earnings, good n numbers. Oh. We are talking about it at 450. They pulled the rug out from under that and never looked back. You get the Kathy Wood pop here this morning because she can't help herself. She has to buy every single dip that there is on a major tech stock because, you know, she needs to, you know, she has inflows here and she needs to allocate her capital somewhere. And she's always buying the dip. The, the tech stock that's really getting hammered, she's usually going to buy it that day. So she bought it again. So you get the Kathy Wood pop here this morning, but... I got it. I keep thinking, is this as good as it gets? Um, we we talked about that with Target. It's why you know I was bearish to Target yesterday, and that ended up a little bit you know uh, a, a little bit choppy. Wait, in the what first happened there? Minutes. What happened well, there? Well, that's exactly what we said. It's as good as it gets. How is this? Yeah, but this thing went to one ninety and change. Well, was they got to there... shake you out a little bit. They don't make anything easy on you, so it, it rallied a little bit off the opening, and then they pulled the rug out from under it. So, you know, it's still in the digestion period. And Nothing we, and we came the out? 10, they didn't come minutes. out and say anything? I don't think Cause so. That, wow. Because, I, I mean, I just I took it off my main screen, and it was like 191, 192, and I'm like... Stocks and don't I'm, go straight down, Joel. You know, this is this market. <laughs> it is chop fest, you know, and you think, okay, wow. you're not going to take any heat. You know, you take heat. There is heat sometimes in this market, and this is one thing about this market, too. If you're using tight stops, you can stop down Good. everything. Everything. Good you got to go lower size and a little wider on your stops if you're, you know, because you want risk management still. But I'll tell you, you're getting stopped out on so many stocks because nothing is smooth. But if you're looking for the trend as what has been working and what has been not, those stay-at-home stocks have not been working at all. I mean, Peloton, uh, tough day for it again yesterday. Got a little bit of life the last few days, and they start to pull the rug out from under it again. $171. Now it's 118 um, you just keep looking through all these names. They're all significantly off the highs. Amazon as well. I mean, Amazon was up at 3500 It's 3100 Valuation's still not bad. I still own in the long-term portfolio. But it's a stay-at-home play. And right now, they don't want the stay-at-home plays. They see what you were saying, Spencer, off the hop, too. And you can give those numbers. I mean, you see the cases going down across the country. You see people getting vaccinated. You see older people going on vacations right now because they've been vaccinated. We are in a full reopening trade here. So if you're sitting here and saying, oh, I want to buy Roku. Roku's my stock. This is, you know, this is going to be a nice dip yesterday. This thing's still going higher. I think the better days for Roku are behind it. The valuation is nosebleed. It was benefiting from a stay-at-home economy where everybody is staying at home and watching their Netflix and, you know, and using Roku to do that. I don't see the catalyst going Ooh, forward here unless boy. they come out and reinvent the wheel. I think rallies and Roku, Zoom, Peloton, still to be sold. Um, we've been bearish these stocks for a little while, and, you know, some of them were too early on. But, I mean, if you start breaching on Roku, you start going through that 378, it starts to get really Yeah, look there. at that. Yeah. Look at that. I just pulled that up. It's like, let's just call it spitball at uh, 380. You're quite a ways away from there. I think they got an upgrade from somebody. But that is as clear as you get. You had to gap up here. I don't know what that was regarding in December or, yep, early January. Had the all-time high. You had this little little pullback, and we're like, okay, let's go back up. Let's take back half and then move and haven't done it yet. So besides that 380 low, I think I'm going to keep this one up here, and I'm going to date this one because I do, I do like the potential setup here. If this thing can't get back over 435, in a jiffy that takes out that uh, that 380 low. Do like that setup. I think there's a good setup on the on the bounces. I mean, you're getting yep. another you're getting Kathy Wood bounce and zoom here today. 
Zoom had an awful tape yesterday. There was bag holders all over. If you think this could go to four, you know what? It'd be nice if it went to 400 and give you an opportunity to short it. But if you think it's going back to 430, 440, I think you're on the wrong side of the trade. Maybe Kathy Wood's on the right, wrong si right side of the trade here. I'm fading Kathy on this one. I think she's on the wrong side of the trade on Zoom. I think Zoom's going to be substantially lower here by the end of the year. Substantially. Like, to the tune of, like... And, and again, you know, if we go into the stupid market where we just start ripping everything, you know, bets are off, I guess, and they'll just let all rising tide lift all ships. But I think the Zoom story... I think the Zoom story has cooled off substantially, and I think it goes ice cold. Okay. Don't like Zoom. Don't like Roku. Now, are you chasing the stay-at-home stocks here, or, or the reopening plays? Well, they've had a pretty good run here, too. And you go and back to your original question, the overall market. I mean, you, you keep thinking, okay, stocks only go up, and you know, but we've had such a run here. That's why I've lightened up, and we know. I've been talking about it for the last week. I was fully invested. Um, got hammered a week and a half ago on a lot of SPACs. I lightened up a lot of the SPACs, and we've had three, four times of rallies here that you could lighten up into. And I'm going to say guilty until proven innocent here because there's so many stocks that are broken, so many growth names that have just been hammered under under the radar names that, you know, like people have been, you know, like look at look at some of the, like AYX, look at Fastly. You know, you can go right into the tech growth names there. Fastly is $120 a week and a half ago. It's 70 bucks. So now if you're coming and selling, I mean, maybe you're too late to the party, but there's so much damage. The only reason that we're, indexes are not lower is the reopening trade has held us up. If we lose that, do we just cycle back into some of these beat-down tech names? Maybe. Maybe rotation just continues to keep us higher, and maybe SPY doesn't go lower for that reason. But there has been some quiet carnage in a lot of names here. Do you, do you look and think, oh, yeah, let's start you know, backing up the truck and buying some stocks? So some of the valuations is tough. So I just think... I don't want to be. I want. I don't want to be out of this market. I don't want to be short this market, but I don't want to be two to one margin fully invested right now. There's a lot of people who are. I think you keep using those opportunities to lighten up. Can I can I ask a question from from uh, Camps Potter in the chat? Who's they? You say they pull the rug. Who's they? The market. Yeah, they. They market market participants, market hedge participants, funds, traders, participants. day traders, everybody who is trading, everybody Arbitrage, who is in the market, volume. Today. Fed. There's not yeah. there's not a specific the Fed, person. The Fed is what you're saying. I'm just joking. Well, the, no. you know, but you go back to the Fed, and <laughs> there's a kidding. good point here. We saw, you know, with the interest rates, and they've been making this point that the Fed doesn't control long-term rates. So if long-term rates starts to jack up, you know, it's a serious problem for the markets. I mean, there's always somebody, some economist coming out giving you, you know. But I think we just overbought. I honestly, just think we were way overbought. It was too easy for too long. And you're starting to see some of that trade come in. I mean, a lot of these growth names, you know, and you won't see it on Twitter because nobody talks about their losers. But no one has Jemaya, Jemaya, $69. It's 45 bucks. The chart looks broken. I mean, maybe it's going to jump back and maybe. But again, every time we've rallied in some of these names, it's been a selling opportunity. I still own some space. A chart looks like hell. It was $62 a week and a half ago. It's 33 bucks. It's a two-for-one stock split almost. I should have sold it all. I sold some at 53 should have obviously sold it all, but I held a little piece because I was like, ah, I want to hold a little piece for the story. And you know what? It gets back 20 bucks here. So some of these names, maybe they're a little bit oversold territory now here too, and people want to just naturally think, what am I buying? I need to buy stuff. But, you know, this market, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just, I think you just keep trading it. You're buying dips and selling rips, and, and don't get married to any position. Don't get in something and think, I'm going to hold this for the next Till two months because it's going to double. 
you know, you take your 10 percenter here, you take your 20 percenter here, you keep your losses minimized. And, you know, maybe you're taking smaller gains than that, too. But it's a trader's market right now. If you're holding stuff for too long, you end up losing the gains. And that's why I would book the gains in Rocket, too, because it's the kind of market that you hold on too long. If you don't take the gains, the market will take them for you. Yeah, every scenario in those is, is much different. And this uh, going back to because the person put the they question in there like 47 times. Um, if you put an order in the market, uh, if you're on Robinhood, if you're on Weeble and you're putting any kind, you are they. So there it is. That's just all market participants. And yeah, all of them. Some are bigger than others, but uh, that's it. Okay. That's, I get uh, a pretty good sentiment just from even the chat comments. And, and people still, it's not, there's no panic. There's no fear out there. Everybody's comfortable. You know, They're seeing, okay, I've got a few of my Momo names that are down, but market's still healthy. And you know, we know stocks only go up. Everybody's got that in their head. This is how, you know, things, you know, and I don't know if this is the turning point. Nobody knows anything. I'm going to keep saying it. Nobody knows what the turning point is. But I don't know that it's not. So that's why I can't, I, there's too much risk factors here right now for me to be all in. And the SPACs too, and we should get onto a little SPAC tangent here too. I mean, we are seeing a lot of SPAC deals. We get another one here this morning. But they are not getting the kind of love that they were getting a month ago. You're seeing SPAC deals pop a little bit on the headline and then actually go red and we're seeing it a lot in a lot of them now so most of them are still holding above the 10 and the 10's giving you some life but if you start seeing some of these SPACs breaching the 10 after the deals you'll start seeing people get spooked i've sold about half of my SPACs. i had a pile of them but there's just too much risk here right now for me to just be all in on SPACs too i mean there's still i'm still holding the ones i like i got the lftr one i think that eventually could get a good deal it's 1035 if they get a bad deal though it's not out of the realm of possibility it could breach 10 you know i'm just hoping they're going to get a good deal but you know it's all about the management teams to a certain extent but i lightened up i sold half of my pershing square because you know what this thing just got silly i mean it got up to over 34 dollars. i ended up selling out a 32 half of it i wish i would have sold it all but it's trading still with a 30 40 percent premium um, and we don't know what kind of deal. We, we assume Aquin's going to get a good deal, and that's why it's trading with such a hefty premium. But most of the premium has come out of all of these SPACs now. Um, and people are spooked. People are spooked because they're not seeing that instant gratification on the deal announcements where we were seeing that before. So if you start seeing some of these SPACs actually breaching 10, you'll start to see, because everybody's got in their head, oh, well, it's 10. It can't go below 10. Well, pre-deal, they don't seem to go below 10, at least not much. But post-deal, they can do anything they want. So you can just ask Clover too, CLOV, and everybody's like, oh, it's 916, it's got to bounce back eventually. You know, you got that social media tight and it keeps trying to pump it up. But I mean, this stock continues to make new lows. The earnings were faded as well. Could Clover Health go lower? Absolutely, they can do anything. So stocks don't always have to go up. Uh, just a, a question from the Benzinga.com chat, Dennis, just to clarify, you're not you're not so spooked that you're actively selling. You, that's not what you're saying. I'm selling pops, and I haven't right. been buying much yet. Not, like so my portfolio not... is building cash because I've been selling rips. I'm not selling in the hole. I mean, they were down 500 points. Right. I'm not using that day to lighten up my portfolio. I used days like yesterday, or the day, the day not yesterday, the day before. When we got the nice, I just talked about it. I was like, I'm lightening up into these, into the strength. I tweeted it multiple times. I'm lightening up into the strength because this is giving me another opportunity. I sold my NCLH, um, so I did sell a few of the reopening trades. Um, I switched into Boeing, though, so I didn't get totally out. So I'm long Boeing. I, I, I took my NCLH money and moved it into Boeing because I like the Boeing setup a little bit better. I also like 
Yeah, um, I, I like the setup better. NCLH has been running. Boeing's been kind of in consolidation station here, so I feel like there could be a move there in BA to come. I mean, obviously, this always seems like a bad headline in that stock. So, you know, you have headline risk in Boeing. It did, go, it I, did go up off that last bad headline. Though. Yeah, you, you know you what? That's that. telling me, too. What you do you think of the setup in Boeing? I'm long Boeing. I bought it two days ago. Uh, well, I talked about it when I was going to buy like 217, 218. It, it, it's more than that. I bought it like last week. So six days ago, maybe five, six days ago. Yeah, think I think it, I think the technicals don't look bad here. The technicals don't look bad uh, from just a relative strength standpoint. It hasn't even gone near the 50 percent, you know, which is 273. Uh, fundamentally, I mean, people are getting back to flying. I just a little, you know, and I've been saying this for a while. I mean, you know, where is the demand going to come from new airplanes? I mean, that that the ones they've had have been idled for a while. So, I mean, I know they that's where the bulk of their money comes from. So, I mean, if if I was to start seeing some huge orders for planes, then I think I'd be a little bit bullish. But you know, no, I don't think people. Even, I don't even think the market looks at that though. I think they just look at we're reopening here. Boeing is grouped into that whole group. And it's this technical setup. This is the dumbest market I've ever seen in my 21 years career. It's oh, the dumbest wait, market. Wait, it's wait, all wait, just wait. stupidity. Wait, it is. Wait. Okay, well, okay. Find the dumber market. There has been some dumber yeah. ones. Maybe 1999 was maybe dumber. Wait, it's a dumb market. When you say this, like, how far back is this? Is that is it six months? Is it 12 months? Is it is right it, now? Right in now, the last, because in the last six months, the because, frothiness. Okay. It's totally disconnected from reality. When, it has been for a while. When did Hertz go to $5? That was pretty well, stupid. That's, okay, the last year, really. That was you, know, and you could say that. You, could, the, you know what? Hertz, a... Hertz was the original meme stock. Forget GameStop. Yeah, Hertz, you're right. Hertz was the first meme stock. It's gone. Yeah. Hertz is gone, huh? Yeah, it's off the board. Yeah. The, uh, the, this, this market is just stupid. It is. The overall market is stupid. And so that's why you have to be very cautious as a long-term investor. As a trader, you go with the flow, you get out, you're small enough, you can get in and out of the positions, ride the momentum, ride the waves. As a long-term investor, you got to start, like, again, I don't put some of these crazy names. I'm not putting GameStop and Rocket at 40 in my long-term portfolio. You know, if you're buying Rocket today, you're doing it backwards, you know. The, the time to buy Rocket was, the valuation was attractive back at 20. I bought it as well. Um, I sold it, obviously, on the pop because I just didn't think the story was going to get hot. Reddit grabbed a hold of it. I was wrong. The Reddit story, it, it did get hot. But there is just a million names. I mean, GameStop is still hanging on at $123, $119. It actually looks like it's consolidating to go higher, in my opinion, you know, from a technical basis. GME sitting here at 119 It makes absolutely no sense. There's people saying it's got to go back down. But you know what? It could kind of squeeze you a little bit more. It doesn't want – the last three days, look at the GameStop chart, Joel, GME I know. the last three days. It doesn't look like it wants to go down. So does the GME start ripping higher again, and does that start spooking the market again? Maybe. I think the GME wants to go higher. So I'm not in it. I'm too spooked to get in it. Plus wow. – um, <laughs> I, I just I, I just don't want to be in that um, because it's it's still like a hot potato. But wow, I'll tell you, look at it. The inside... technicals look actually healthy on this thing right now, which is scary because this is how this market just doesn't care about fundamentals. It doesn't care about money. It doesn't care about you know the bottom line. It cares a little bit about growth, but it just cares about a story. I tweeted yesterday. It cares about a story. The GameStop story, it's still talked about on CNBC. Yeah, but it's, times I, a day. I think it might be, I think it's really starting to lose lose mo here. You had an inside day on top of an inside, inside day. Days. Yeah, uh, only a 20 point range. You had that 
150 million share day on the 25th, and then it dropped to 82 to 49, 34 yesterday. I mean, why does it have to go back to 200 or back to 50? It could just chop the living daylights out of you from 95 to 145. It's going to be choppy. Could you yeah. do that for two, three months? Yeah, Who knows? It could chop around. Again, though, it's a poster child because it's disconnected from fundamentals. So fundamentals yes. are meaningless here. But the technicals do mean something. And, and this is where technicals can come into play. When you have no fundamentals to lean on, all you have is technicals. I would say is if you can take out yesterday's high. Again, it's hard to buy stocks when they're ripping. You want to buy the dip and sell the rip. So if you're here and then you put a stop, you go, okay, I'm going to put a $100 stop. And it goes down to $99 on you, get stopped out, and then it rips higher on you. It's a, it's a tough stock to trade, which is why I'm not in it. But I just say, if you know, I'm a betting man. I'm looking at that chart. I think higher if I was just, you know, coin flipping it. So that's and that's, you know, something to consider. I mean, we're in this market where fundamentals aren't mattering. It higher lows, matter. higher lows bodes well, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think, the, I think it still looks, looks healthy. Right 134, now. I mean, two highs in the same area. One's, I mean, besides when it was under 50, you had that scenario. But, hey, 133.20, 133.99, those are your highs the last two sessions inside days. So, hey, 134 could get a little uh, – could get a little interesting. We'll see if it can take it out. And then it just looks like the buyers are stepping up, 86, 100, yeah. then 112.20. So it's it's winding up. You, you know what I've been thinking about? Dennis has been talking a lot these past few weeks uh, and, mon- and months even. <laughs> just talk Years. Well, right. Years. No, but about like putting on stupid trades. And what is the difference between putting on a trade because you're dumb or because you think other people are dumb and you want to profit, you want to get in on the stupidity. There's no difference. You're still putting on the same trade, yeah. right? Like I, the, I'm participating in the stupid trade. Right, you have to right. almost get down to that mentality. You can't overthink it and say this is dumb. I'm long Bitcoin right now. Hey, I bought. Too. I Bitcoin is stupid. In my <laughs> opinion, Bitcoin is stupid. It is. It's you got electricity that's trying to you know they're they're burning you know so much hydro trying to. In my opinion, it's dumb, but it's a story. So I bought this thing at 17000 not because I'm a crypto believer and we're all going to be transacting in Bitcoin. I believe none of that. But I believe there is a story here, and I believe other people will believe that story. And the only reason I am long Bitcoin right now is because I think the story is still intact. So people want to believe that the financial system is corrupt. And it is. People want to believe that Bitcoin fixes all that. It doesn't fix any of that, in my opinion. But people believe it. So it's investable right now as a trade. So it's, uh, I shouldn't say investable. It's tradable because there's a story there. Um, so anyways, that's, you know, what this market is. So you're completely correct. It's about, you know, looking at what is the next story? What's going to get hot? You know, what could potentially rocket gets hot because Reddit grabs a hold of it. It's got some short interest and it's been on CNBC 100 times in the last 24 hours. So, I mean, this is what this market has become. It's not about, and, you know, and, and it's sad, you know, but if you're sitting there doing traditional fundamental analysis, it's a tough market because a lot of that just doesn't matter right now. It's about a hot story. But a lot of stories, individual stories, have cooled off, which is why I'm somewhat concerned to just be all in on this market. Can't be all in, can't be all in cash. So no, you got to have some stuff. Somewhere, never, somewhere never in the middle. Never go all to cash. I never go 100% in cash. Yeah. Because here's why you never go to 100% cash. 
because or or fully short except except for maybe February <laughs> March when <laughs> February, I thought the end of the world yeah, was coming. Yeah. Zombie Apocalypse was coming, and then I was like, I'm even losing that because Zombie Apocalypse came, my cash was all going to be useless anyways. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need guns and supplies. We're going to full Walking Dead cash in February. Go. So so, but you know, you don't go all in cash because if the world ends, well, the world ends for everyone, Zombie Apocalypse style. If um, the market continues to go higher, though, you're getting left in the dust and your cash is becoming worth less. And that's what the problem is. This market continues to get driven because there's people like myself who believe that inflation, hyperinflation potentially even coming, and I think inflation is already around us. And if you're sitting in cash, you are getting relatively worse off every single day as prices continue to escalate around you. The only way to protect yourself is to invest that cash, real estate, collectibles, stocks. That's what's been working. That trade is still on overall. I think we're just frothy here. Yeah. I think some of the froth needs to come out of the market. So not getting all out, just getting a little more cash to take advantage if the froth comes out. All right. It is 827. We're going to have our guest on, the cow guy, in about eight minutes. Let's do some stocks, though, some individual names. Let's start with Fubo. Um, we're going to have... Oh, now, you just want him to go from a rant to another rant? Oh, Pro- that's okay. Programming <laughs> note, programming note, the CEO of Fubo, David Gandler, will be on this very show Friday at 9 oh, nice. o'clock, or nice. 9, 9.05, 9 o'clock, somewhere in that window, 9 to 9.05 uh, Eastern Time. Uh, so tune into, that's Friday, tune into this that. This Friday. This Friday. Friday. That's in two days. Friday. That's in two days. Uh, so we can ask him about FuboBet.com. We can. We should ask them about FuboBets.com. That's exactly right. So this was the headline from yesterday. There was this website, FuboBet.com, that was going around. Uh, Benzinga, it's live. I'm the, on it right now. It's the, there. The Benzinga News Desk reached out to Fubo, and we're like, they're like, is, is this legit? And they said, no, not an official page is what they said. So, so, so at least that's what's, you know, we're, we're finding out. This is not a Fubo page. So what it looks like to me. And this is just this market in a nutshell. Is that somebody, and obviously, if this page is not legit, well, I'll ask the CEO on Friday. Maybe it's not legit because it's not fully launched yet or something. Well, Maybe there's something else behind that. They, they said they were going to launch an app and not a website. So it sounds to me like somebody created this website. Yeah. Let, me, let me share my screen so you all can see. What you the, can show it at FuboBet.com. Yeah. Show the yeah. site right now. It's up there. FuboBet.com. Yeah. This there. was yesterday. This is what drove the stock up 10% in the pre-market yesterday. Because they're like, here it is. Fubo's got the live betting. It sounds to me like somebody created this website, FuboBet.com, to manipulate the stock price higher. If this is not Fubo, then this looks like something. And then they're all flying around and everybody's talking about it. And everybody's pushing this. And the story got hot. And the stock went up 10% because this site was here. And this site doesn't even look like it's, it's a Fubo site. So at least that's what you know your sources were saying when Benzinga reached out. So and I mean, this is a market in a nutshell. Sources, sources were the company, the, the, the yeah, company's yeah. PR so people. So this is not Fubo. I mean, why did why was this site created just for fun, or was <laughs> there somebody? The stock went up ten percent on the site yesterday. Was somebody selling into this pop here on this site that they created? I mean, this is completely illegal. If this is if this is if this was done for those reasons, if it was done for somebody just for fun and they weren't selling it, I mean, I don't know why you would ever do something like that. But it looks to me like it's a manipulative way of trying to push the price. Juan Pro and that's King, that's actually very sad that we've come to that. Juan Pro King wishes he had thought of this. Yeah, don't we all? No, um, no. You think of this. No, you. Here's why you don't want to be the person behind this. Because the person behind this, this is low hanging fruit for a regulator. Mm. This, if, if this is not Fubo. 
the regulators are going to investigate this. This has been talked about everywhere. The regulators are going to investigate this. They're going to look at the people who are behind this, and they're going to look and see if they were selling stock into this. If they were, they could potentially go to jail. So this is not something to go and do, create fake websites to start manipulating stock prices higher. If, if, it's, if it's, you know, somebody just did it for fun, hopefully that's the case, and, you know, it grabbed a story, there's probably not going to be an issue here. But if somebody was behind this to actually intentionally try to manipulate the stock price higher and then selling into the pop yesterday morning because of this, regulators would have a problem with that. News me. What's going on here, guys? Dennis, are you getting Sell up? Sell the rip, uh, Are we, you getting, are you getting up? We have, yeah. ADP, we have ADP today, don't we? Because the jobs yeah. number is tomorrow. Triple D, cancel those bids there. But I don't see anything. Every time I say that, though, it goes down and it goes back. He goes, oh, I just bought uh, Spider at uh, 37 and sold it at 72. But we're definitely, I mean, this is That's not tomorrow. good action. This is coming down. The pre-market low is 67 and a quarter. And it looks like we're going to be there in about seven and a half minutes. It just it's been coming down hard. Market. It's again, it's just the same market. It's buy the dip, sell the rip right now. Um, don't get married to your positions. There's lots of, you know, there's markets where I'm going to hold this for the next week or two and it's going to go and I'm going to make some money. This is the nope. kind of market where you're holding for a few hours, you're holding for a day, overnight trade, and you're flipping. You're flipping, you're flipping. That's the kind of market that we're in right now. Um, and I think that market continues for a while. I don't see the reason for everyone to all of a sudden just start you know ripping in the stocks again there's a lot of carnage in some of the growth names some people have been hurt there's still pockets of these crazy moves like rkt and there'll be another one you know there'll be another rkt tomorrow a different stock but you just have to be careful with this market because there is some people who are nervous here about interest rates and they're you know gamestop is a side story as well you know as that thing continues to go higher people get nervous about that too so a lot of things, reasons to be nervous. So, but we already had that. Can, can we talk some real news? We actually have like a real headline, con- con- confirmed headline. DraftKings and Dish have announced a partnership, in, in integration, app integration this morning. How's how, for what? what uh, for sports betting and into I assume. Why into... is Dish Network, which provides satellite television, into sports? Yeah, betting? we're gonna how's, beam. What's the connection here? Uh, we're gonna. Mitch, you want to speak to this? I got you, I got okay. you. Dennis, okay. this is where you're wrong, man. Dish has I, Sling TV. No, 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 TV. I'm not wrong. I'm, I'm asking you the question. I, I didn't oh, make an opinion all right. I, thought you, I don't I thought know you were why. Making... Tell me why. Well, Dish is definitely old. We, we know the Dish. We can kick that out. But what does Dish have under their belt? They have Sling TV, right? Great point. Great very point, compa- Very close comparison to Fubo. And okay. Fubo just made an acquisition for that Balto Sports. Right. And so this is where I think you're starting to see the streaming services lean in towards sports gambling. And so you're going to start paying attention to a bunch of kind of different places. What if AT&T starts making a move into this? What if Comcast makes a move into this move? Or Roku. Like, there's, Roku, really, there's, exactly. no, there's no difference between Sling TV, which Dish owns, and Roku. It's the same thing, right? It's the same service. They're competitors. So that's what you can think of this as. Think of this as like DraftKings. Oh, boy. DraftKings what the content. hell is going on in this market? Oh, yeah. It's Look at that. officially time to start canceling orders. Yeah. <laughs> I told you that a few minutes ago. Yeah, but the one day you the, – the one day you uh, No, this is – there's something out. What's going on? I mean, Leon Cooperman's talking about millionaire tax. I don't know if that's hurting the market. Well, what, with the ADP that we're came out. Bro, we, were, we were looking – we were leaking before this. Huh. News me. 
Give me some I'm, news. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. Come on. Benzinga News Desk. Come on. Slap those guys aside the head and find out what the hell's going on here. we got to give our listeners the information. There's not always news. There's not. We, we yeah, are that's very, true. We are very choppy. I mean, we got hit pretty hard. We rallied. Uh, we all rallied up 100 S&P points two days ago. And then we got back nothing. 30 or 40 uh, yesterday. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Can we get back 20 on nothing? Sure we can. I mean, this is the kind of market that we're in. It's just chop. It's chop and trade the chop. I don't know. As much as everyone wants to look at Monday as a good day, it's starting to look like a really bad day. Because it was just too much, too fast. Off the flow. And now they're gift. just saying, they're, they're, they're kissing 3,900. Goodbye. It was a gift. We've put in yep. a lot of tops on 3,900. Like in, in 390 on Spy, we've put a lot of yep. tops in there. Good so point. we're going to come back to you, Mitch. We took, Joel took us on a team. I'm sorry, Mitch. But, no, but he, I, he's, he's long point. gone. He's long no, gone. No, we need Mitch back because I like this. Does, what does this mean for Fubo, Mitch? Mitch, if so, he's there. So um, what ended up happening is we actually got uh, talks on that. So we reached out to Fubo because of the whole kind of talk. And really what's happening here is – Dish is looking like they're going to beat Fubo to actually getting towards uh, getting this started. So I think what ended up happening here, t- in my eyes, this is more of a copycat move in, in the industry. So they saw Fubo make the move, and they said, hold up, we could do this too. So they started looking for the deal, started looking at, at some companies, did some outreaching, and I think they, they just landed a, a good deal here with DraftKings, you okay. know, a, a leader in the industry. Can I outline Fubo's timeline for sports betting? Uh, yeah. They're, they're going to launch a free-to-play, uh, some sort of free-to-play uh, app in Q3, first to their subscribers, then to everybody. And a sports book from Fubo TV is expected to launch in Q4. So they're a couple quarters away from, from the, the sports betting. But we can talk about all that on Friday. What we do want to talk about right now is the overall market here with our guest, Scott Shalady, a.k.a. the Cow Guy joining us here on pre-market prep. Scott, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? I'm all right. I'm, uh, you know, it's been an exciting year so far, and I think it's going to continue to be that way for the next 18 months for sure. Well, it was a quiet, it was a quiet morning when we started. It's not, not as quiet at the moment. Uh, we've been leaking, as Joel has been noting, steadily for the last uh, half hour or so, maybe even more, last hour. Um, I'm not sure what you're seeing out there, but what what do you make of the overall market right now and sort of where we're at? I, you know, I, I do agree that it's a little frothy. Um, but, I mean, it, well, who's to say that, you know, it can't continue to go higher? I mean, I have a, a – my opinion on the overall situation is this, uh, all the talking heads are calling this uh, the easiest call, you know, since the, in the history of man. We've got all this money out there that's going to be guaranteed inflation. Um, here we go. Seven percent GDP year over year. I just don't think it's going to work out like that. I really don't. Um, and we had Buffett come out yesterday to say that he's not really that excited about bonds. Six weeks ago, we set an all time record high as far as government debt priced at a negative interest rate. And then you got the Biden administration in here trying to screw stuff up, too. So I just I think we're going to see. And this is going to be a good tradable market. But it's, you know, I look at it like a bowling ball going down a, you know, a bow constrictor's, you know, body. There's going to be this opening euphoria, right? And we're starting to get that again with Texas and Mississippi. But as the whole country does that, um, but it's still going to take time for folks to get used to being 100% packed. When's the next time you think anybody's going to be really comfortable being shoulder to shoulder in a romantic restaurant down in Manhattan? It's going to be a while. But that will, and I think that that will 
hinder the economy. I don't think the economy is going to rip like everybody thinks it's going to because the media beat people up so badly in March, April, May last year. So I, I think that we're going to have that, and it's, I'm going to call it the um, I deserve an economy, right? We've got all this investable cash, spendable cash, whatever. Um, hey, I just came out of lockdown. Let's take that trip. I deserve it. Let's buy that car. I deserve it. Let's build out of the house. I deserve it. And then when that's done, people are going to wake up with a hangover thinking, wait, we just spent $5 trillion, $6 trillion. We still have the Biden administration in office. Um, I guess we have generalist potato heads and no more Dr. Seuss. I guess that's good. Uh, but I think that that's going to be a problem when they finally wake up to that. And I think that's when the real, uh, real issues come to light. So what specific... Uh... What specific sectors, industries, individual names are, are, are you most closely watching right now? Well, I mean, you got to, you guys were talking about it earlier. I thought that was really interesting because, well, maybe somebody else was. I don't remember. But it was, um, I do believe you're going to see rates. Yeah, yeah, right. It was probably you guys. It was good, it was good information. Uh, it was, uh, in the shorter term, rates probably tighten, right? And then. But in the longer term, we're going to revert to the to the mean or the norm, and, and that's going to be more like what the rest of the world is. So you've got this situation. It's like that old game when you were a kid where you put that little lead ball at the, at the bottom and try to see how high you could get it up with those two little sticks. I, I think that's what we're going to be playing here because in the short term, yes, I think we're going to have the fears of inflation, uh, and that's all anybody talks about. And I tell you, I, I'm, I'm – I don't see it really yet. I'm kind of a Missouri guy about up to the show me state because I've been worried about inflation since 08 when we had 0% interest rates, right? Since we had ZERP come in, I thought we were going to have inflation and we're just not seeing it. Um, now we are a little bit more now, but it's more the stuff that you have on your dining room table when you sit down to eat, really. We're seeing a, a commodity, quote unquote, super cycle, but it's that's just because we don't have as much as we thought we had. That's not really something that you, you, you've, you've seen in, in the markets as far as um, I mean, there's been a little bit of fun money coming from New York trying to invest in a lot of those things because they want to have an inflation hedge, and those things could be inflationary, and they already kind of started to be that way, a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy and a little bit of a supply and demand issue, but that to me is not wholesale inflation across the board. So Scott, I think that I just wanted to ask you, too, on the inflation topic here. I mean, if we really have this inflation trade, why does gold – just not getting any yeah, life at all. I mean, geez. gold continues to go down, and uh, and you know, if you're, if money managers are really all worried about inflation, when do you think they'd be piling the gold? Yes. However, I mean, you, I have to take a look at the Robin Hood world we live in today. It already started about five years ago, I think, where you've got everybody around the world trading our products here, right? And they've got an app on a phone in India or China or wherever that they can and have access. They can express a view on the U.S. economy via our stocks or our products to trade. And I think that I, I, I understand it, but I don't like it. I see more of this inflation hedge moving to Bitcoin and leaving the leaving gold, which I think is insane. But that's that's been the, the trade of the of the year, because more folks believe that that's going to be a better, better hedge against your dollar losing value than gold right now. I don't think that's the case. It's too volatile. I, don't, I wouldn't call it a hedge against anything. But that, I think, is what's been stealing a lot of the thunder, pushing gold to the back pages and putting Bitcoin on the front. Um, when that slows down, if people realize that might not be the case, I still, I'm not a gold bug, but I think that you'll slowly but surely see gold act more like it should. We're on the line with Scott Shalady, a.k.a. the Cow Guy, joining us here on Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. 
Uh, Scott, I just want to ask you, uh, you know, Dennis and I, big proponents of the big stocks, of the, you know, the big cap stocks and the S&P 500, the top five, six stocks make up like 27, 28, almost 30% of the index. And they're not going any, they're not going up and they're certainly going down. Those are the stocks that led us out of the abyss in March. Can the market continue? with its just relentless move higher without these stocks participating? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good short answer. (laughs) I mean, mean, look, talk about uh, all this money on the side, this investable cash on the sidelines, you know, the M2 money money measure. Uh, You know, we've done so much work and done so well. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been in the business for 33 years. And the, the rip that we've had since our lows, our COVID lows last year, I just I think has been stupendous. And yes, we've had some pandemic winners. We've had a lot of pandemic losers. I say that the headlines look rosy, and that's why the talking heads talk about inflation as much as they do. That's why they talk about this market ripping like it has done for a long time. But at, at the end of the day, we have not addressed the fact that I go to Chicago two to three times a week to do TV. Uh, it's getting a little bit more crowded, but those buildings are still only 10% occupied. I know. I know. And if they're only 10% occupied, there's no customers down there for all the businesses that are down there. So you've got the, the canyons of New York, the canyons of Chicago, and the other, any other big city, whether it be Houston or, or, or the like, they've been wiped out, right? And those mom-and-pop shops, and you know what I'm talking about, there's five or six shops on the concourse level with all those big buildings. They're not coming back. Those shops on Main Street and your small towns in America aren't coming back. But we haven't really taken stock of that right now because we still have a lot of money going out as far as unemployment. And we have 18 to 19 million people still on some sort of assistance. So we haven't really, that hasn't really sunk in. And I think that's why I said earlier, we're going to see this opening euphoria. We're going to see the I deserve it trade. And then suddenly, maybe not suddenly, but slowly we're going to wake up to the hangover like, hey, we got a lot of people still are out of work that used to have jobs. I mean, how many businesses have gone out of business this year that made it through the depression in 1929 and 1930. So we've got a lot to take stock in and a lot to deal with. And that's why I think that this thing slowly but surely sucks its oxygen out of itself. And it can't really do that uh, until we, we, that the market can't really go a lot higher until we have to come back a little bit. We have to have some semblance uh, of reality. I understand why people are so uh, excited, but there's such a psychological aspect built into this market. Like you said earlier, I heard you say that uh, it doesn't act, you know, you can't sit down and do your points and figures and charts because it's just not that type of market right now. That's because it's a psychological market. What what does it take to break that psychology of this buy the dip mentality? Because this is really what has held the market up more than anything. I mean, every time the market dips, people are being rewarded for doing it. What does it take to break that? You're right. I mean, it's been, I got to participate. I got to participate. I got to participate. That's not all you hear. You know what? You'll participate until it doesn't pay. And so we're going to have to see a sell-off. And, you know, whatever it's 5%, 10%, I wouldn't care. You know, I'm not retiring tomorrow, so that's why I don't care. If you are retiring tomorrow, take advantage of this. I mean, this is, you know, just be careful and have yourself covered because we need to have some sense of, Reality come back to it. And I've been around long enough to see markets that have left reality for a little while. And this is not really reality. I, mean, I, I think that we need to see some sort of correction because um, the rest of the world is, is still struggling. 
Um, I think that the U.S. is a much better country than the rest of the world, but that doesn't mean we're going to fly as high as we've been flying. I think we need to come back down to earth a little bit, and I think that, that could easily be a 5% sell-off, and I wouldn't think that's a big deal at all. Scott Slady has been on with us. You know him as the cow guy. You've seen him on uh, CNBC, on Fox Business, uh, with his t- signature cow jacket. Scott, as, <laughs> oh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for the time. All Thanks, right, Scott. We're gonna get, we'll get you back out again soon. Really enjoy your commentary. All right, man. See ya. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right, it Best is a dressed guest on the show always. Uh, oh, no, always. That goes, that goes without, without saying. He's the best yeah. dressed guest. That yeah. goes without saying. Okay, let's do some more tickers here. A couple yeah. uh, from the chat that I wanted to get to. I'm trying to go through. Somebody was the... asking me CRM earlier. Uh, we did, Joel, uh, and I, Joel and yeah, I discussed this trouble. one yesterday. That's, that's trouble. That's not looking Danger good. Danger real loud. So people thought, you know, I did. I, I sold at 230-something, and it ended up, uh, I bought. Back in the dip, back in I know you January. Did. Yep. I sold early again. I was out in the 230s, mid-230s. Um, Holy I don't know why. I don't remember why. What is going on here? I don't remember why, anyways, on CRM that I sold it. There was something that spooked Jeez. me. But anyways, it went to 250, so I sold way too early. Now it's it's broken. This stock is for sure it's broken. I mean, this, it... is a, this is a nosebleed valuation, too. Could this thing come into under 200? I think so. I, I oh, think if you're buying CRM, 200. I think you're early here. I mean, I'll just give you a, just a classic. I mean, you just like I had the line here. That's where you did have the lows, but I could just move it down here. And you're you're hanging out here too long. You when you hang around yeah. too yeah. long, yeah, you go down. And I could give you a classic example here. Uh, I mean, I could probably go to a hundred stocks, but you know, look at the look at this gold market just kicking myself here i mean you had this support right you had the support you came down you had these days like oh 1750 is gonna hold 1750 is gonna hold and you know what it didn't hold tried to rally back up to it couldn't get there so when you hang out to i mean is it gonna be an undercut and rally you can always bank on that or you can't bank on that there's something you can look for but this just looks heavy and it's, it's got sold off after earnings so uh, be careful. Be careful on this CMRM. Whatever the low of the move was here, it's going to take it out today. If possible. Yeah. It may. It may take it out. There's a possibility that investors will see this take out the low of the move. I think it's going lower. Just our opinion. Yep. That's it. All right. Let's do some tickers from the chat. Start with Teledoc here. Uh, this is a that... reopening trade. So I haven't looked at this chart for a while. But Oh, no. Sorry. Not the reopening. This is a stay-at-home trade. So this chart is not surprising at all. I haven't looked at it for a few days, but wow, what a gift. What I mean, a gift. 300 a week and a half ago. And now it's completely broken. You get down to 200, you probably find support at 200 because that's where you kind of consolidated for a month. So I think there is some support about 20 points below here. But this again, okay, so there's two things. Kramer has been, you know, tooting its horn saying, well, this is the future. You know, this is where, you know, people are telemedicine. And I believe in some of that as well. But there's some froth in here, and there's people who are staying in this saying, you know, like, we're scared to go to the doctors. We're not scared to go to the doctors maybe in a couple of months if everybody's getting vaccinated. So this is just being grouped in to all of them, like, as, uh, you know, this is stay-at-home stocks are out of favor. So this is out of favor, too. So rallies to be – so I'd say guilty until proven innocent. I would sell rallies into this. I do think it's eventually going to 200. I think it could bounce. There, is there a spot where I'd be like, like to be long to all doc? Maybe. Maybe that 180 to 200 is the level. Uh, but you've come this far, why not go all the way down there? So I think eventually it does test that 180 to 200. If you want to take a shot there, it's up to you. Um, I think if you're buying a 217, I think you're early. 
Hey, I wonder if I, I know Jeremy talked about this one and it did go lower and then it ripped. And I wonder if. He was if, in uh, it for a while. I don't know. Yeah, if he, he was in it for a while. I hope he went to Ching he, here. But, uh, but you know what? Jeremy is one, and this is why Jeremy Newsom is a fantastic trader, Joel, because he will get out if the charts start to break. He takes losses. This is what makes you a great trader. It's not your ability. It's not, and we, I know we're like a broken record here, but we're trying to teach stuff here because it's been so easy for so many newbies that, oh, I just hold on, my stock eventually comes back. That is eventually going to be the recipe that will make you lose a lot of money in this market. It's, this market has taught us so many bad things. The reason Jeremy Newsom makes money every month because he is loses because money he cuts sometimes. the losers. Yep. And, he, and, he, and you know when the charts break, he gets the hell out. I would highly doubt. I bet you he's not in it. Because when that would have started breaking down through 280, he'd have been like, oh, too, too weak. I bet if we asked Jeremy, I bet he's out of this. Maybe we should special ring him or something, bring him in. Uh, well, the only thing I'm saying this management. one, and I, had, I hadn't looked at this, but when you get these kind and I know it's so hard, like this thing, okay, man, we cleared 300. This baby's going to 350. I'm not selling. I mean, last month, you, you, you had a monthly high, which was the all-time high, which the market did not hold, right? And that was 294.74. That was in January. So it goes to three. What it went to 308, 306. All right, so you let it go. Like maybe it's going to go to 310, 320, 330, whatever. But, man, that's still a good number just because it blew by it by $13, man. When it came back down through 290, it was one day it was up there. And then let's see what this high was. That other high, 294.94 on this day before it really got slaughtered. So, you know, sometimes when you have moves like this, you're not sure what to do. Go longer term. Don't get your five-minute or 10-minute or 15-minute early weekly. Go to your monthly and say, Wow, last time this thing got near 300, it didn't do very well. Wow, it's not back here again. A lot of people got their money back on this one while the, you know, while things were getting better during the pandemic. So that's on the upside. That's history. I I see this uh 198 to 200 area, Dennis. That looks like uh looks like this one has a date with it. What about Oh, someone in chat noted that Jeremy tweeted that he got out a month ago. Teledoc, so that answer. Oh, is he listening? That, <laughs> no. Oh, somebody just knew that. Someone just knew that. He, uh, and you know what? We know Jeremy so well. I look at that chart. I was like, no way, Jeremy's in that. So he didn't look when he gets out. You know, he got out well, a month ago. So he probably he would probably. You know what? He sells. He might have been early. The circus is in town. I bet Jeremy was selling it back when it went from like two forty to two eighty in like two days. He'd be like, okay, this is overdone. You know, that's what he does. And you know what? That's why he's a great trader. And you know what? You got to look at this. When you see those moves, take, you know, go back to the chart of February 22nd and February 25th. You see those two huge gap ups and you're like, you look and you're like, oh yeah, this is going to rip to 500, 600. And the FOMO really sets in. That's when good traders are like, time to book the profits. Time to make the donuts. Well, this is it. (laughs) And that was the time, 240 to 290. That was the time to sell it. Did you get out at the top? Probably not because it went up to 308. But you know what? You're not getting hit here now. So if you're buying it here now, you're buying you know, on weakness. You're trying to buy the dip, but the chart's broken. I mean, the trend is broken. Trends start breaking. It's not that good. And there's a lot of crowded people still in here believing that, you know, that, oh, yeah, this is the future of medicine. Kramer, this is the future. This is so- Well, right now, there's a reopening trade happening, and this is not part of it. Uh, what about MP materials? This was a SPAC, and it never really stopped going higher. Is that 50, 49? Yeah, yeah, one of the few, eh? Because so many yeah. SPACs that have been absolutely murdered, and this one hasn't stopped. 
that's good. Relative strength is good. I don't follow a company close enough to tell you anything about the fundamentals. I know nothing about it. Um, it's one of the few SPACs that have held up. So you can read that two ways. One, you can say yeah. it's great relative strength and it's going to continue. Or two, you know, this is maybe, you know, one eventually that could fall off too. Um, I'm not going to even make a call on this one. The trend is there. The trend is still your friend. I would say if it breaks trend, gets down below 40, I'd get the hell out. So if you're, you're bringing up your stops, maybe you're giving yourself, maybe you bought this at 10, you give yourself and you say, okay, well, the trend is still my friend. Take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon. Hi, Jeff. Take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon. Draw your line. And if it breaks that purple crayon line, then um, get the hell out. Uh, I would just say keep an eye. Don't worry about the all-time high, you know, which made yesterday. We traded up to 52. Uh, just keep an eye on the all-time closing high. And where that stands right now, that was at yesterday's close. Yesterday's close was 49.44. So just want to keep improving on that. And, you know, if you get a day at 49.21 and then it has a day at like 49.66 and then it just kind of hovers there. Uh, then there may be a turn. But uh, Bannon improved on the all-time closing high by over $3 yesterday. Let's see if it could do it again today. Uh, someone else asked about WW. They had earnings on Thursday, uh, and they haven't looked back. Holy cow. Why? I know. Why? 30 got, it, it, I think it closed at 35. Right. Or no, it, it, hold it, of this it, one? it hit 35 at 4 o'clock this morning. This has been prone to ridiculous short squeezes before. We have seen this. I don't know if there's any short interest in this. I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I do trade the stock every once in a while. That is such a wicked rally. I'm seeing thir like, thir 13%, not crazy That high, looks like a bit of a short well. squeeze to me when it's that sure ridiculous does. of a rally. Yeah, it does. It's on the chart. Like, I, didn't, I don't know the short interest, like I said, or anything. 13%. 13%. Yeah, yeah, so I think a little bit of a, of a, you know. And when did they have earnings? It already did or has La it? Yep, Thursday. Last Thursday. Last Thursday. So this is the gap and go off of the earnings here. It's been running and running. I mean, wow. Nice. It's got all the momentum. There's absolutely no reason to short a stock when it's you know ripping higher like that. Do I sell my peanuts within circuits in town? I do. I always sell too early, though. So, you know, this thing could continue. I guess you bring up your trail, your stops up. Maybe it's a better strategy. Chasing it here now, though. Tough, tough, tough. All right, uh, let's do a couple more tickers. Uh, discuss the target sell-off. We did that. Wow. Uh, no, did we? Did, did, oh. Didn't we? Oh, oh no. We? Uh, yeah, we I, did. I, we, we, we talked pre-pre-market show. I'm not I, sure we talked right, about I, I, I was I, bearish to stock because I thought that we got the reopening trade going. I thought, you know, we saw it with Walmart, <laughs> Amazon, UPS. We saw a lot of the Zoom. Now it was Zoom yesterday, same time. But we just keep seeing this trade where the stocks were benefiting from the lockdown, Target being one of them, I believe, as well. Um, they're they're kind of borderline, I was saying. But, you know, it's just a lot of good news priced in. Is this as good as it gets? And it had a little bit of a, you know, short – or had a little bit of a – it wasn't easy short because it was like 188 and then it ripped up to 192. Then they pulled the rug out from under it. So – I, sure, it's broken. That's broken now. You're buying it now. Yeah, Holy I was going to say, I, you know, I don't know if it's going to 185 or where it's going to go on a bounce, but that. I would be selling it at 180 a, if it got back there. I'd be selling it all the way. Oh, you're going to have a lot of bag holders trying to sell that's this That's an thing. ugly candle. Ugly I mean, candle. Yeah, that's you a had candle this ugly you, you candle sell, here. You sell strength into. Yeah, then, they, if you get strength up to 178, 180, I think you get out. This is a bad candle here, and it, you know, it made a higher low and rebounded. But now, you know, then you got the people chasing it here. Oh, did I say this yesterday? Like maybe a head and shoulders on top of a 
broken head and shoulders here, I that's a bad candle. I, I just don't and, – and the fundamentals are out, right? You already had earnings. What's going to be the catalyst? What analyst is going to crawl out from under his desk and upgrade this stock or raise his target price? They'll come out and say, oh, my targets, uh, I'm going to raise it from 140 to 185. Well, fella, it already traded 185. What the hell am I supposed to do now? So I, I don't see what the catalyst is. And also well, look coming... what Walmart did. Oh, Walmart I know. Walmart gapped down I know, that's on what, a good yeah. report, and look what it did since. It's lost another 8% since then. So that's a lot of people sitting in Target. I, I wouldn't want to be in it. I'll just say that. I would not want to be in the stock. Have you guys looked at Discovery? We looked at that last week, and it was, it was like at 50 or 51. They're nuts. And man. now it's at AMCX. 60. You know, you can go through all of these um, it's media insane. companies like they have their different stations and different content. They're all Viacom, Discovery, AMCX. Um, you know, obviously I used to go to CBS, but it's part of Viacom now. Um, they've all just ripped and ripped higher. I don't get it. I talked, you know, down Viacom three days ago, four days ago. I had one ugly can, and they turned around and started buying it, again. it right back up. Valuation is okay. Maybe it's the reopening trade. Maybe it's just the fact that we're going after value stocks, and a lot of these had PEs of six, seven, eight when yep. they were down, you know, two and a half months ago. Well, they've all went to P's of 16, 17, 18, and it's still relatively cheap to the market, but, man, it's been a hell of a run. I think a lot of these businesses aren't as good as the market thinks they are. I would sell my peanuts while the circus is in town on all of these things. Again, maybe you take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon, draw your line, and you keep, you know, trailing up your stops as that line comes higher, and if it breaches it, then you get out because that is a beautiful trend line in DISCA. So you could draw the line. You could say, okay, well, I'm around 53 right now. You know, so I'm going to keep, you know, bringing up that stop. So maybe the party continues. I mean, they've got the momentum. You know, who knows? Reddit grabs a hold of different stories, you know, and they can get behind stocks too. Right now the momentum is on their side. But, man, this has been an impressive run. And I just think, wow, if you've been in these things and been dogs for so long, why not lighten up into some of the strength? Let me try the old trend line trick again because uh, it did it, it. It it broke it last time, but it snapped right back. Oh boy, this is a tricky trend line. I guess if you want to keep your oh come on down, right, boom boom, whatever that low is right there, the three yeah. day low, I'd keep an eye on that. That's one. Viacom you got, but yeah, yeah, sixty one, but... yeah, yep. They're all the Not, same. Uh, the same chart. They're all <laughs> yeah. the same. They all move together. The Paris trade. We talk about Paris trading. You know, Rob Friesen. We're going to bring Rob coming on this week. You said I think. On the yeah, show. He came, yeah. He was on yesterday. We had a little trouble oh, on getting the, him on. on. The we're going to get him on again today. Okay, so yeah, like Rob Friesen. You know, we, these are all pairs. These Viacom, Discovery. Um, you know, obviously, I used to always use CBS and Viacom. I was kind of sad when they merged because I used to like trading those against each other. Um, but these are pairs. These are relationship-based stocks, and I trade all these things against each other. Meaning, long, you know, you see one start ripping, you grab the other one. So there's like four or five of them that, you know, obviously all move together. Uh, since we can't go a whole show without mentioning uh, Kathy Woods buys and sells, really quiet day for her yesterday. Only 21 trades. I can't remember the last time there was that few uh, trades from the Arc the Arc family uh, in a given day. Um, it was mostly buys. There was one, two, three, four, five sells. So 16 buys and five sells. Uh, nothing new that I saw. Uh, so, I didn't see any new ones either. Yeah. Zoom was the most notable. I kind of thought Zoom. I was going to buy the clothes on Zoom. <laughs> 
just because I thought Kathy might come in and buy it. And, and she did. I think I actually had an order. I think I actually had an order to buy it. I think I'm pretty sure I put it in. Quarter, I quarter no, million, I couldn't. Quarter I must have panicked chairs. out. Because it closed near yeah. the lows. So I must have yeah. panicked out and not put it. Or I forgot about it. But I thought to myself about 3.30, I should buy some Zoom. Because probably Kathy will come in and buy it and it'll get the pop. Yeah. And um, then and I forgot to do it. So shame on me because I would made eight points right now. If I was in this Kathy Wood pop, I would be selling it right now as fast as I possibly could. Um, because I don't think the Kathy Wood pop lasts. Could it go? But again, Palantir went a lot further than I thought it could too. This gets back anywhere near 400. I think it's a short. So yes, I you know what we should do. Short. We gets should... to 400. I think you short it. My this well, my this is my opinion. And I, I know this is like if a super, it gets there a super like crazy time for you. But it'd be great if you can come on and just on the afternoon show at like three fifty eight, and we'll do a little segment. What would Kathy do? <laughs> and then you just say, "Well, what, yeah, that's what pay traders are doing. Like they anticipate that. Yeah. And you know, the, the the big tech name that she holds when it's hammered, she's usually buying more. She's in there, she's, yeah." She's buying the dip. She listens to pre-market prep, man. She buys the dip. She's the biggest. Not we're just joking, but maybe she does. She's the buy the, the, the biggest buy the dip person out there. She's buys heavy. Every time you look, when she's doing new buys, it's never when they're going up. It's always when they're pulling back. So that's smart trading. She's a smart girl. We're gonna have an interview, obviously, with her. Yeah, maybe yeah. This is Braz a good has got segue. Her you know what time is that? It's two. at two. It's at two o'clock. I'm putting the link in every damn chat that we have right now. Uh, there are a lot of. I, we got to figure out exactly how we're going to narrow down these questions because we got like a thousand questions for her and and not time for a thousand questions. So I don't know uh, exactly what we're gonna what we're gonna have to cut, but we've got a lot of questions. We took taken questions from the company, questions from uh, all, all of our viewers who can submit their questions on the link I pasted earlier. I just pasted the link to the stream in all the chat, two o'clock uh, Eastern time, uh, and it should be fun. It should, uh, we. He, everybody has a question is, is the takeaway. Everybody has a question for Kathy, and we're going to try to squeeze as many of them as we can. What we end up doing, I think, is we're going to have Kathy on, and then after Kathy uh, has to hop, we'll just hang out and digest the interview and talk about uh, what You know what, what you should said. do? You should try what? and um, you know curate. Like maybe some of the questions are the same, so you can satisfy well, yeah, yeah. 87 people if you ask this one question. I mean, it's like, oh, they asked my question. But right, really, exactly. everyone else has a question. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so everybody's got a question, so we're going to have to figure out how to narrow that down in the next few hours. But in the meantime, I want to wrap up today's okay. show. Thanks to our guest, Scott Shalady. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Every show of Pre-Market Prep is available as a podcast. I mentioned Spotify at the top, but we are also available on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I think I named them all. I think that's it. Did you uh, say Spotify? So I said Spotify. Yep. Uh, okay. So that's where we are available for all of you people listening via podcast and can't see what's up on the screen right now. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Uh, everyone smash that like button on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching the stream. And it's going to be a wrap. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to hang out for a few minutes. We're going to do separate streams in the morning and then one long stream in the afternoon for Kathy Wood starting at noon. Uh, Dennis, Joel, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, Joel, I'll talk to you later with uh, with Rob Friesen from Bright Trading.
Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, could you uh, drop that link that we had yesterday to uh, um, I, I will this make webinar. sure. Yep, I will, you, I'll drop the Everyone? link, and, uh, and I'll make sure Rob gets the link Have as a good well. day. See all you. right. See you, Joel. See you, Dennis. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.